you know, if somebody went through stroke, just as an example, right, and recovering, you know, the healthcare system is calling that person adherent or not adherent to drugs or devices that need to measure or remote patient monitoring. If you step back to the ultimate goal of that individual, it might be that that individual, the main goal is actually to play with their kids or grandkids longer. It might actually be able to just get up from a chair and walk seven steps, right? Um, That's the goal. Welcome to Impulse, the podcast where you will meet the person shaping the current medical advancements and pushing the boundaries of what is currently achievable in healthcare. Be they researchers, doctors, engineers, or entrepreneurs, we will explore through in-depth conversations their field of expertise, as well as the journey that took them where they are now. All right. Um, so hello, Eugene. Thanks for being with us and welcome to Impulse. It's great to have you for this new episode of the series. Um, we haven't had the chance to to meet in person, but uh, we have a bunch of things in common. We both work in the digital health space. Um, you're actually one of the thought leaders in this area, driving multiple initiatives in parallel to your ongoing entrepreneurial adventure, which we'll talk about in a moment. And you're also the host of several podcasts focusing on digital health. And we're actually both members of the Health Podcast, Net- Health Podcast Network. It's hard to pronounce. Led by Dan Kendall, <laughs> that we <laughs> that we greet yep. if he's listening to us. Mm. Um, I'm looking forward to a conversation. As as said, I'm sure that we have a lot of converging interests, and beyond that, we'll certainly talk about um, health coaching, which is what has been keeping you busy the past years. Um, what it is exactly about, and how digital solutions can augment it. I'd be also curious to hear about your reflections um, on your path prior to that, what led you to digital health and what your experience has been working jointly with startups in that field when you were still part of the of the large pharma firm by a year a few years ago. Um, yeah, with that, thanks again for being with us today. And um, I'd like to hand it over to you and invite you to present yourself. Well, first of all, pleasure. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's odd to be on the other side of the microphone, if you will, um, you know, being interviewed versus being the interviewer. Um, so appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, I was looking forward to this discussion for sure. Um, yeah. So for the for your audience, uh, I'll just give very, very brief uh, introduction of myself. And for those who have heard this before, Apologies in advance, <laughs> uh, but the way I kind of self-describe is that um, I'm either a recovering executive or a recovering entrepreneur, but always recovering from something, right? Um, <laughs> and hence, you know, keeping a, a healthy mind and mental state in all of these recoveries is very important, right? So that's kind of me in a very much of a nutshell. Uh, you know, one level below, I've been in healthcare and health tech uh, for twenty odd years. Um, you know, with companies of my own, um, but also, uh, you know, pharmacy benefit managers, large pharma, consulting. Um, and then, um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll kind of pause after this, but uh, in January of 2020, I decided to join my amazing wife in, um, <laughs> you know, standing up and scaling uh, your coach officially um, in, in January of 2020. So that's kind of me in a nutshell for your listeners. 
<laughs> no, thanks. And we'll we'll dive into the Your Coach Health um, adventure in a minute. Um, just before that, so you originally have, I think, an IT background um, where you were trained in the management of information systems. And that's where you started your career, I think, back in the 90s. Um, when did you first hear about digital health and how did you get into that space initially? Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting. I uh, uh, management information systems. I, I didn't code that much. I actually did not enjoy <laughs> coding. And to your point, the management component of uh, of of the information, the data, was super <laughs> interesting to me. But I also quickly realized, <clears throat> and this is, uh, I did an executive MBA at uh, at Rutgers that you know technology by itself is actually useless unless you put it into people's hands right and so i actually mm -hmm, focused mm -hmm. on strategy and finance and the executive mba and combining you know the technical skills plus uh, let's go you know go to market and and business and financial um, uh, skills that i've gained over time is what actually struck me that it's not about technology it's about putting that technology into people's patients consumers hands right so mm -hmm. that's kind of the a little bit more color to why I turned from a techie <laughs> um, mm -hmm. to kind of looking at things very much more commercially focused. Um, digital health. So actually, um, I, would, I, I, I don't remember when I quote unquote stumbled on digital health as a term mm -hmm. per se. Uh, what I do remember is actually right after the executive MBA, one of my uh, executive mentors uh, through the school uh, kind of said, well, you know, opportunities don't really come knocking on your door, even though that's a statement, yeah. you got to create them, right? And it was a ha moment. And so at that time, um, you know, I, I don't know how many of the listeners still remember, it's still around meetup.com. So Scott Heiferman had a New York tech meetup. And at that point, I kind of realized, why isn't there a New York health tech meetup, right? Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I actually started that uh, and started having, you know, lots of discussions, guests. It all started with four people in a room um, only. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the reason I'm giving you that background is that um, I, I quickly, we quickly kind of rebranded that um, meetup uh, as I met Matthew Holt, uh, who uh, him and Indu were the founders of Health 2.0 as a movement and then a conference. And so, um, you know, if Matthew will listen to this, uh, which I will encourage him, uh, you know, <laughs> huge shout out to him and Indu, but they were the ones that were kind of beating up the term digital health a bit um, versus health 2.0. At the end of the day, it's really around us as, you know, healthcare consumers driving change as more and more is coming out of our pockets. And by the way, this is, doesn't matter which side of the pond you're on, which continent, it's either coming directly mm -hmm. out of the pocket or through taxes, right? But we're all paying yeah. for it. Um, so that's kind of in a nutshell where that consumerism, um, and then of course the terms evolved, right? Uh, you know, my quick comment and I'll, on, and I'll, I'll stop on the digital health component here is that, um, just like, um, you know, in the marketing world, uh, people stop using digital marketing. It's just marketing. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we almost need to stop saying digital health because it's just health delivered mm -hmm. portions of it digitally. Right. Um, and that's yeah. the reality of today. Yeah, no, that's a, a great point. Um, so now fast forward 25 years, you now operate as the, as a CEO of yourcoach.health, which you co-founded with your wife in 2020. Could you tell us about this entrepreneurial project, like what it's about and what you're trying to achieve there? Yep. 
Yeah, um, you know, as always, there's this background, and that's what I love about the healthcare industry. I think most of the entrepreneurs and people that are in this industry, there's a personal story to every one of those, you know, project businesses, um, endeavors. Mm -hmm. Um, so Marina, my wife, uh, eight years ago now was, uh, diagnosed with breast cancer. We were living in Amsterdam at the time after going through pretty much everything under the sun in the treatment space. And this is to use her own words directly is that doctors absolutely saved her life. But as she mm -hmm. discovered co health coaching, it allows her to live on her own terms. So she discovered health coaching. Um, we looked in the market. Uh, so she became a health coach, um, you know, started practicing with a few clients locally. Uh, we were then living in Dusseldorf um, in, in Germany. And we looked in the market to manage her own business. While there's still a number of practice management solutions out there, um, the, the, there wasn't anything, let's call it modern or sexy enough. And so what do entrepreneurs do? They go build themselves. So over the course of 2019, she built an MVP really for her to manage the business. Uh, fast forward to today, we got over 3000 coaches on the platform with the mission. And those were their old early discussions, um, on it. You know, it, it's all about impact, right? Our lives are limited in time, you know, good, mm -hmm. bad, or indifferent. Um, and <laughs> so it is all about impact. And, you know, uh, of course, as she became a health coach herself, the question was always, well, you can have X number of clients, but how can we impact even a larger group of people, right? And so from day one, the mission was the company uh, has been and, you know, continues to be is to enable access, not necessarily everybody has one, but to enable access to a health coach, to the growing population of eight and a half billion, right? So mm -hmm. that's been their goal. That continues to be our goal. Um, and then, you know, you know, fast forward again a little bit further. We also realized that while coaches are absolutely great in coaching, um, a lot of times there are lack in business skills, growing their business, growing their marketing. And it's a challenging component, right? With any health coach, uh, health coach mm -hmm. or any entrepreneur, we actually coined the term health coachpreneur that allows uh, these amazing individuals to do what they do best is focus on coaching and will allow us to do what we do best, which is ultimately providing tech-enabled health coaching service to our B2B clients that will, again, continue expanding that circle of individuals um, that we can help, right? And so we're, mm -hmm. we're for lack of a better term, we became uh, an atypical double-sided marketplace. Uh, and I can dive deeper in why we're atypical. <laughs> I had the chance as part of my of my work to collaborate with Lark Health, which you certainly know um, on the yep. development of a coaching app, which aimed to, the goal was to support patients in getting their cardiac risk factors under control, and which is based on a similar approach to, I think, what the, your coach app proposes. And the difference is that in the case of Lark, the coaching is delivered in a virtual way, and it's based on conversational AI, whereas in your case, you're engaging with real human coaches. Um, could you explain to us what health coaching actually means and in which ways the app, you're, you touched a bit on that, uh, that you develop supports both coaches and, and the patients? Yep. <clears throat> um, yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. We actually don't call patients. Uh, they're, uh, you know, they're consumers, um, they're clients, right? Because, mm -hmm. uh, and this is actually taken from, again, Marina, 
because when she was going through uh, breast cancer, she actually, you know, breast cancer was a part of her slice of her life, not her life. And so she actually personally didn't appreciate being called a patient. There's much more um, to life, but some do. And, 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 and that's, and that's fair. Uh, <clears throat> So I'll step back. You know, um, if if you look at what health coaching um, is, right, um, and uh, kind of the definition of it, for for lack of a better term, um, we we look at health coaching as a mentor, right, and or somebody who is there for you to help you understand, set, and achieve your goals. Health mm-hmm. coaches are trained in behavior modification techniques. Um, and again, unlike, unfortunately, physicians and clinicians that are very, very, very limited in time. And, we, you know, obviously we hear averages of eight minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes at most yeah. the doctor can spend. And remember, um, you know, the component of that is also that, uh, A, there's just not enough time. There's not enough resources um, in uh, in the sick system, right? Notice I don't didn't call it healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other side, you mentioned Lark and, you know, huge respect. I mean, the team is amazing. The product is amazing. Um, and we actually do believe um, that for purely access, right, uh, perspective, there is the, the, the room for automation, um, the room for self-paced digital tools, uh, it's absolutely there, right? I mean, we got mm-hmm. billions of people on this planet and access to care is just not possible by other humans. However, yeah. um, uh, we, you know, our platform, what it allows to put real human beings because, um, and actually a little bit more background, our logo is actually a Hito and Hito is the Japanese kanji for a person. And uh, for the ones that can be imaginative versus just listening, Uh, Just look up the Hito and it almost looks like there's two people leaning on each other. Um, And that's actually exactly the point, right? Because somewhere at a point in our life through our health journey, we always need a person to lean on. Um, And so, again, if we look at the spectrum, there's absolutely room and we're partnering up with companies uh, such as Twill, right, which is digital therapy, self-paced tools to begin Mm -hmm. with. Um, and there comes a time where you need a human, not a bot, not a conversational bot, right? But an actual human being. But having said that, there's not enough access or time to clinical. And again, for the listeners here, just to be very clear, health coaching is a non-clinical service. However, mm-hmm. coaches are trained in very much in similar techniques like motivational interviewing, as an example, right? So similar techniques as, as, as therapists are. Oh, that's that's very clear and it's a really like an, a holistic approach right so I, I assume it's like coaching on activity on food regimes on it's kind of like a very broad approach uh, so it's it's broad but you know again if you step back if you as a you know and i don't want to turn the tables on you but um you know <laughs> i would say what what are your goals right and coaches are really really great in helping you as an individual extract those you know in th- that intrinsic motivation right and again the example mm-hmm. that i use is uh, you know if somebody went through stroke just as an example right and recovering yeah. You know, the healthcare system is calling that person adherent or not adherent to drugs or devices that need to measure or remote patient monitoring. If you step back to the ultimate goal of that individual, it might be that that individual, the main goal is actually to play with their kids or grandkids 
longer. It might actually mm-hmm. be able to just get up from a chair and walk seven steps, right? Um, that's the goal. The goal is not yeah. to wear a measurement device or take a drug. That's not the goal. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. nobody likes to be called non-adherent. And as humans, we love autonomy, right? And we want, and, and that's what coaches are great at. Help you understand, set, and achieve your goals using these science-backed techniques. And so your solution, I assume, helps. I mean, I assume that there's also like part of the process where you help them define these goals, right? Because I don't know if if your clients yeah. come up with already a very clear idea. Of course, they probably say, I want to stay healthy if they didn't have any medical condition before. And that's very it's much, much, the, much deeper the than that, process. right? And so again, I want to be clear, you know, our solution is not, uh, while obviously it's tech enabled and we're, you know, we're helping coaches to level up and, you know, there's a number of things that I'm not going to get into in a lot of the details here, um, <laughs> just stay at the hu- humanistic level on, on this podcast. Um, our solution really brings forward this while 20 plus years old as an as a health coaching has been around for 20 plus years our solution yeah. for the first time ever and unique in, in this marketplace overall brings the combination of the health coaches practicing with their own clients and giving these coaches opportunities to help more people through our b2b industry partners now back up your specific question around what does the solution do we don't teach coaches how to coach right that's mm-hmm. what they're absolutely fantastic at um yeah. we are basically on one end providing you know sla based tech enabled coaching service that any health or care company can either embed or surround to help the Again, and some people call patients, consumers, depends on our B2B <laughs> company um, or B2B uh, partner. Um, but that to this workforce that is trained in goals, understanding, setting, and achieving those goals is to put the two individuals together to solve for the challenges of the day of that consumer and, and patient. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's very clear. Um, it, do you use the app yourself? Or are you being coached, or are, do you so have, like, every, are there any health coaching principles that you're applying yeah, to yourself? Yeah, so every 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 coach needs a coach, right? And and um, <laughs> you know, my coach is my amazing my wife, Marina. We just finished um, uh, in January 365 days of running straight. Doesn't matter, you know, hot or cold, raining or shine. And, you know, one of the key components of this is um, always, and I'm not a coach, so I would not be a good <laughs> coach to coach others on, on this show. But, um, you know, some of the principles that that we learned is consistency, right? Uh, you always just got to show up um, as just one of them. Uh, I think having a partner on your journey, and it doesn't need to be literally your partner, right? And that's where coaches actually yeah. come in quite heavily. Um, but having somebody accountable to, and that's exactly, uh, again, some individuals can be accountable to a chatbot uh, or as, as, as smart as that, that technology conversational <laughs> AI could be. Um, some people are okay with being accountable to that. You know, I personally am not. I need a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that if I don't show up that day, that I'm letting someone down, right? Versus, you know, I don't care if I let a chatbot down, but yeah. <laughs> others may, right? Um, <laughs> so that's that's a personal preference. That's actually, um, you know, on, on that same note, just to kind of finish this thought, is that every one of us is so unique, right? 
And there's a number of companies out there that are providing health coaching services that are very cookie cutter, right? It's, you know, same resources, same thing, you know, just kind of following more or less a script. That's not health coaching. Health coaching is truly (laughs) getting to the bottom of, you know, what, what do you do today going forward to make, you know, to achieve your health goals? Um, (laughs) I'll pause here because I can keep going for this for hours. (laughs) No, thanks for for sharing that. Um, maybe shifting gears uh, gears slightly. Before your entrepreneurial adventure with um, your coach health, you were the the global head of Bayer G four A. I think it's an open innovation platform from the German pharma giant, um, establishing partnerships with startups that are involved uh, in in digital health. I assume it was quite a leap to move uh, from this situation to creating your your own business with all the risks and the uncertainty that go along with it. Um, what pushed you to yeah make that decision and how did it feel to to become an entrepreneur um, maybe again if beforehand you had already set up your business in your 40s? Yeah, so uh, first of all, I love risk, uh, though calculated risk, right? So that's, <laughs> you know, that's the one that's the one aspect. And of course, you know, mm-hmm. you can calculate wrong and and then hence, you know, the, the and everybody's risk tolerance is different. Um, you know, what I what I loved about um, going into buyer or bear, whichever side of the pond you're on, is um, it allowed me to have that entrepreneurial spirit in a large organization and do have a level of risk taken abilities, right, um, mm-hmm. as a leader in the company. I remember the pandemic hit, so January 2020, remember that, that right? Uh, I think March, mm-hmm. US shut down, we were still in, 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 in Germany actually at the time. Um, and this is when, you know, we decided I'm leaving. And I got a call from a friend of mine saying, so don't you miss the comfort levels of, um, of a large company, a steady paycheck? <laughs> and I said, I miss the people, but I actually don't miss the quote unquote work, right? And, and lots yeah. of politics. And, um, and the way I described it, and again, you know, it's a, it's a choice, right? Um, I think, you know, if you look at a large organization, right, it's got its own, it's its own DNA, for lack of a better term, right? Um, <laughs> and that DNA, just like in a human being, while it can be edited, it really requires um, some, some, some major splicing, right? And I'm not a geneticist, so I, I'm probably going off, <laughs> off track here a little bit. But, you know, the, the reason I'm bringing this up is, you know, my comment was, you know, think of a large organization as this puzzle, right? Um, and if you enjoy solving pieces of that puzzle, right? Putting together two, three, four, five pieces, whatever the size, it could be a hundred thousand pieces, but um, that's fantastic, right? And I think more power to you. I enjoyed every single moment, all three and a half years of it. Um, But then, you know, you kind of come to the startup world and it might be the same number of puzzle pieces, but you outside of the exogenous factors and of course your clients, investors and all of that, a lot of the stuff is in your control and your team control. And, you know, you can move as fast or as slow as you want. And the word slow shouldn't exist actually, right, um, in that <laughs> space. So I, you know, I love the energy. I think, you know, even when I was at Bayer, I think the team had tremendous amount of energy. We were moving fast and, and trying to unblock as many things as we can. But it, it was it was a really a rewarding experience, nothing negative about it. Do you think it's a, it's a one-way 
direction? Like, meaning, uh, are, do you think you will ever go back to the corporate world, or you will stay an entrepreneur the rest of your career? You know, I I don't actually like predictions. Somebody just asked me earlier today, for example, you you know where. Because we're, you know, we're spending a lot of time in U.S. We have a place in Barcelona. Mm -hmm. We're a U.S. business, right? So we need to be in U.S. And somebody asked, "Well, are you planning to move to U.S.?" I, I, I don't know. Wherever life takes you, right? <laughs> um, you know, we we can put stakes in the ground. I, you know, I think the short version of it is I like new challenges, right? Um, and as I mentioned in my introduction, I kind of consider myself almost like on one side serial intrapreneur and the other side serial uh, entrepreneur. You know, if mm -hmm. I rewind back to my PBM days, I was one of the first 20 people, you know, traveling to Europe as the company was expanding, right? Like I just, I, I love taking things from zero to one, one to 10, um, and then see where that goes from there, right? Mm -hmm. oh, that's, that's really cool. And Still, uh, regarding your experience when you were working for for Bayer, so you were part of that very big company in healthcare, partnering with hundreds of different startups in digital health. Um, you're now in the position where you're steering your own your own startups. Um, what are the main takeaways that you derive from your past experience when it comes to collaborations between large corporates in that space and startups, and making those successful? Gosh, uh, I can write a whole book on it. And as a matter of fact, I've tried. Um, there is, uh, there is a, 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 I have a substack, a hard pill to swallow. I tried. Uh, I'll be frank with you. I paused it, just other priorities in there. And so there's already like <laughs> 19 kind of pre-chapters in there. But let, let's put it this way. Um, I think, you know, one, the advice that I've always given even when I was at Bayer um, is that don't rely on this quote-unquote centralized innovation team, right? Um, as an entrepreneur, you need to navigate. You need to learn who the decision makers are. Large organizations shift politically, shift budgets, you know, centralized, distributed, and uh, a, a good entrepreneur will not wait for a centralized or decentralized, for that matter, innovation team to come back to you. As a matter of fact, my comment always was navigate. If you find a brand manager or a communication person like, or clinical, you know, clinical head, whatever your solution is, try to make the connections to those individuals directly because then, then you can come back to the innovation team and say, hey, I got a, somewhat of a sponsorship, a connection there. And when that team is presenting back, right, um, there's already warmness to it. So that's kind of one, I think, mm -hmm. always be navigating. Two, um, you know, remember a corporation kind of by definition is taking on risk. The individuals in that company are not taking the risk, right? And so that's part of the challenge of a large organization. People get comfortable and complacent. And so actually change, while everybody loves to talk change, they don't like to actually change, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And so I think part of this is be patient, but also your job as an entrepreneur, whichever portion of that value chain of the company you're selling into your solution, your goal, your number one goal is to make that particular person successful with your solution within the organization, right? That's two. Mm -hmm. yeah. Along the same lines, and by the way, I can go, keep going to 19, but I think I'm going to pause on three, <laughs> um, maybe four. Um, along the same lines, uh, as far as making them successful, make sure that they can tell your story very simply because that particular person needs to go somewhere upwards to sell 
to their boss. And by the way, their boss may need to go sell that up to their boss. So your messaging needs to be so damn clear that that person can wake up at three in the morning and literally recite and pitch you as a company crystal clear, right? So that's kind of three. And I will go for... Um, People ask, what, what's the magic sauce? Um, and look, for the entrepreneurs listening, it's freaking hard, right? I was, I'm not sure if it's mm -hmm. PG rated podcast, so I would have used a different word right now. Um, it's, <laughs> it's not. ups and downs. It's, you know, oh shit, every moment of the day. And then the wow, amazing moments that are also there all the time. And that's the exhilarating ride. But, you know, the magic sauce is... You know, I, I kind of always said uh, there's five components to that. Don't worry, I'm not going five more. It's persistence, <laughs> persistence, 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 right? So that's kind of, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll finish on that here. That's a very good take. And I'm sure like the, the entrepreneurs listening or people who would be considering, you know, starting their own business um, will probably take up. Um Yeah, maybe um, on another topic, um, as mentioned in the introductions, among uh, among the many activities that you lead in parallel to your entrepreneurial journey, you're also a fellow podcaster um, covering many topics in digital health. You're actually, I think, the fourth guest uh, also active as a podcaster after Ohad Arazi from episode 16, Daniel Kraft in episode 12 that you probably know, and, and Lucien Blondel from episode 2. Um, you've produced a ton of great content um, that I would invite our listeners to check out, including the Digital Therapeutics podcast that you animate, as well as the dedicated podcast from yourcoach.health that you are hosting with Marina. Um, why did you get into podcasting initially and what impact has it had on, on both your professional and personal life? You know, uh, I'm gonna first of all thank Dan Kendall uh, on this. Uh, he's been the inspirator, instigator of me kind of accepting that I love doing this. And while I, you know, I'm not a media guy, I do enjoy it, right? <clears throat> I think part of this is um, it really started, you know, I left Bayer, I joined Marina, the pandemic hit. And uh, for the listeners that do know, uh, he's a good friend of mine um, and a fellow entrepreneur, Jim Joyce. We're both very extroverted people. We needed a stage. So along with probably millions of others that all of a sudden started podcasting, um, mm -hmm. we actually started a YouTube slash podcast um, show called The Shot of Digital Health Therapy. We always talked about how the real discussions around digital health are having an over a drink at a bar after a conference, et cetera. So we wanted to try to at least somehow emulate this and started inviting guests. Um, Jim, Jim's wife uh, was the first one to coin this for us as this is a meticulously unproduced podcast. So what you see, <laughs> what you hear is what you hear. There's no editing. Um, mm -hmm. And we just loved it. And then, you know, in the discussions with Dan, who, uh, you know, obviously, again, my podcast, um, you know, king, guru, whatever you want to call <laughs> um, somebody who I look up to on this, um, <clears throat> him and I spoke about, you know, let's call it verticalizing digital health today, which is under mission-based media. And yeah. when the opportunity came up, we kind of said, look, I, I love the digital therapeutic space. You know, at, actually back in Bayer, we were the first life sciences company that signed up for the digital, with the Digital Therapeutic Alliance as a member. 
Um, and so I just, and I met so many amazing trailblazers and individuals that are pushing something that a healthcare system just did not comprehend. How can a <laughs> software intervention, you know, help manage or even cure a disease, right? And so I'm like, well, those stories need to be heard. And that's how the DTX podcast was born. Um, unlike the Shadow of Digital Health, which is meticulously produced, this one is produced, not meticulously, but produced. Um, <laughs> and uh, as Dan calls me, I'm the talent on it. And so I enjoy the discussions. Um, and, you know, your question started with why. So, yes, the maybe the, the initial Kickstarter was, quote unquote, the stage that didn't exist at the time during the lockdowns. Yeah. What I also realized, especially looking at something like, you know, per episode, a couple of thousands listens, right? So it's five, 6,000 ears are listening. And what I imagine is a large conference, if I go back to Health 2.0 in Santa Clara back in the day, 3,000 people, right, in the room yeah. in front of you. And the impact of not my story, but the story of these trailblazers that are, again, entrepreneurs, policymakers, and hopefully in this season, we're actually going to get some more patients on. This is this is a media that allows, you know, people to literally walk, right? Walking is good. Movement is good. Walk and listen, <laughs> right? Um, so I, I, I just don't know if I can go back. And same thing with, you know, your coach. Uh, to be frank, right now, we're kind of converting a lot of our symposium, the three symposium that we've had. There's a lot of great content. The industry is new ish, even though it's 20 plus years old, it's coming to tone now. <laughs> um, so people are curious, people want to learn. And this is another amazing uh, medium. I last thing on this is, you know, I look at like the DTX podcast stats, people listen from 140 plus countries. I mean, it's astounding. Yeah, it's right? crazy. Astounding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's it's wonderful. And I mean, I'm, I, I, I got into that um, much, much later than, than you did. But what advices would you have to fellow podcasters that are just getting started? Um, um, you know, I, I think almost with any business, right, the question always becomes, are you doing this for money or are you doing it because you love it, you think it's going to be an impact and uh, you're going to make an impact and the money comes, right? When you put your passion and time and effort and, and you are making an impact, that comes. Now, you know, again, for... For me personally, um, it's it, it is honestly more of a hobby. I I can honestly mm -hmm. say. I mean, your coach podcast obviously it's tied to the business directly, right? We're educating and and we need to spread the word about health coaching and all its benefits. Um, but you know maybe the second advice because I always have more than one. Um, the second advice is just get started, right? Because so many people mm -hmm. are like, oh, let me redo this or let me redo that or let me, oh, no, I'm not ready for it. I need to script this. Just get started. Just, you know, we're human beings and this is a conversation just like it would be if you and I met at a coffee place, right? Or mm -hmm. at a bar for that matter, right? Um, <laughs> just have a discussion, right? And now, if it's a journalistic podcast, obviously you got to do your research and all of that. But again, right, it's... Um, just get started, get moving, and then the rest will happen. Yeah, I can only echo the benefits that you mentioned. I think it's a it's a wonderful piece of medium, and yeah, it's just you can just learn so many things with that. Um, I'm conscious of your time, and um, we've already covered a lot of elements. Um, at the end of each episode, I I ask a couple of frequent questions to the 
to the guests that I have the chance to receive. Um, the first is, um, what resources would you recommend us to check out um, in order to know more about the field in which you evolve, be it books, publications? Um, well, so uh, which field, right? That's uh, <laughs> elf, if, if, well, elf coaching, for example. <laughs> if we take the latest. Well, one. so you know, yeah. To be frank, uh, not not that we're uh, we're publishing quite a lot um, out there, right? Uh, so do check out yourcoach.health. Uh, we actually <laughs> just published a pretty comprehensive uh, version two of our health coaching industry report, uh, and you can find it in yourcoach.health. Um, uh, same thing. You can do yourcoach.health slash podcast for uh, to get the latest podcast. So we're uh, you know tracking and tracing this quite quite heavily uh, and, and leading the industry in that sense. Um, along the side, um, you know, big shout out to the National Board of Health and Wellness Coaching. They've been driving this profession since 2012 uh, and spearheading everything from reimbursements to jobs to be done by coaches, et cetera. And there's a lot of wealth of information on, on that website. So um, I, I would probably start there if you want to learn about health coaching. Great. I'll, I'll make sure to put all the links in the, in the show notes. Could you share with us an anecdote from your work which made you realize the, the impact that you were having on patient slice uh, uh, slash clients? Yeah, I, honestly, there's almost uh, uh, too too many. Uh, you know, some of the things that. Well, first of all, I'll, I, I'll tell you one. One, um, we're. I'm trying to. I'm trying to make sure that uh, you know we don't violate HIPAA uh, component here. So <laughs> completely de-identify, but um, we are a HIPAA compliant platform and a service. So. Um, I'll, I'll probably put broadly. I think um, we've seen things that, like, uh, to a health coach from clients, um, you know, you are literally like my best friend guiding me along and helping me and being honest with me, right? Um, there are um, comments like, uh, I really do feel like I am completely controlled over my feelings after our discussion. Thank you. Thank you for the conversation and helping me extract my goals. I'm doing much better with my family and relations. Um, I mean, it, it really, really varies across the board. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm really happy to say that, you know, from a, a NPS perspective, um, uh, you know, we're kind of hitting it out of the ballpark um, with <laughs> with the the quality and the safety of our coaches um, from that perspective. So, you know, it, it's really rewarding on every day to see the, uh, the individuals that are being helped across their health journey, right? And people are seeking help with sleep and, um, again, non-clinical kind of anxiety management, right? Um uh, things like how do I stay accountable? Thank you, coach. You know, I'm accountable now to X, Y, Z, right? Um, building their own confidence around it. I mean, I list can go on. I just, it's hard to mm -hmm, pick mm -hmm. one, um, but yeah. but it's it's amazing <laughs> what human to human relation um, can do, especially with trained professionals uh, such as the amazing workforce that are health coaches. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned, I think the number like close to 3000 coaches. So I, I, can't imagine that you know the the number of, of lives that you're impacting is just like an order of magnitude ahead um no very 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 nice um at every episode so i really get inspired by the guests that I have the chance to receive on the podcast and you're certainly no exception to it um there's probably other figures that you look up to yourself uh, you, you mentioned dan on the podcast side 
um, you know, that are also advancing medical progress. Um, if you would recommend one or a few of them as potential guests for the show, who would they be and why would you recommend them? You know, I, I, I didn't expect the second part of it, uh, and I will leave it up to you, uh, as far as inviting to the to the podcast, um, the first part I will answer, and and, and I, I don't necessarily look at it as medical. The first part I'll answer, and, and I know some some of the listeners may think I'm brown nosing here, uh, but really, truly, the person that I do look up to is my wife. Um, we've been together for 25 years. Uh, she's gone through breast cancer. She lost both of her parents. Uh, you know, we've raised two beautiful girls, and that resilience that she has. Right. And we've gone through a lot of that together, but you know, the direct impact on her body, direct impact on her mind. And it's just getting up and going and punching. And, you know, for those of you that do know Marina, it's, um, it's a little bit, her, her Instagram is actually fighting in style, right? Like you just gotta mm-hmm. always feel the strongest you can thankful for the day. And she truly does inspire me every day. So it's up to you. Uh, <laughs> if at yeah. some point you want to invite her as a guest or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's great. Thank you. Thank you so much for openly sharing about that, Eugene. Um, how can we get in touch with you um, over LinkedIn per email? You know, I'm I'm really multi-channel. Uh, though I've I've learned to turn off all of my notifications, so now I zoom in when I want to zoom in versus people zooming into my life randomly. So uh, mm-hmm. I am on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter as Health Eugene. Um, I don't really do much on Facebook, but I'm Health Eugene on Instagram as well. Uh, you know, pretty much all the mediums. So, and I and I do respond. I. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big, big, big believer in serendipity. And, um, you know, from a LinkedIn perspective, that's my standard response. What can I learn from you uh, or how can I help? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can, I can tell the listeners that you respond. <laughs> Is there anything you, you'd like to add before we, we wrap up? Persistence, 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 persistence. That's it. If you care about something, you got to keep it, keep it moving. Thank, Thank you, you so the, much, Eugene. Thank you for the invite. Thank you for listening and making it all the way to the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. All the notes are available in the episode description. Don't hesitate to share it with your relatives, friends or colleagues and subscribe to the podcast. Also, I would be really grateful if you could leave a positive evaluation on Apple Podcasts. It really helps Impulse move up in the rankings. Feel free also to reach out to me by email or through LinkedIn if you want to share your feedback, questions, or suggest potential guests. Thanks, and see you in the next one.